Welcome to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ, hosted by Personal Responsibility Recovery. Join the conversation. Call or text now at 512-836-0590. Now, here's your host, Mark Myers. And welcome to the Recovery Hour with uh, Dr. Kirby Stewart, our host, and uh, of course myself, Mark Myers, and you know our special guest today, uh, Patrick Hensley, a, a repeat guest because we really like Patrick. He's uh, th- thank you for being over here. Patrick <laughs> is a source of deep wisdom. That that's it, man. <laughs> Indeed. And if you are joining us for the first time, uh, the Recovery Hour is brought to you by the Personal Responsibility Recovery. Our our goal: we're a small treatment center. We're a twelve bed residential treatment center for men, substance use disorder, alcoholism, addiction. But the show's not strictly about us. Addiction is the leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds. Staggering that that, that's the uh, leading cause of death is fentanyl, accidental poisoning, fentanyl overdose. Add in the other alcohol, add in the diseases from alcohol, add in the the regular drug use, it's mind-boggling, the epidemic that is facing us. So this show, you know, we seek to destigmatize that. We want to to talk about addiction. We want to be able to answer your questions, um, provide resources, both public and private. You know, the, the whole core of this show is to encourage someone to ask for help because it's, it's a shame-based, it's, it's, it's just, boy, no one, wants to, no one wants to say, I need help. And I still haven't figured why that is, yeah. Dr. Stewart. <laughs> well, I, I, Patrick, I, I haven't. You know, it, you know I, we're not kidding anyone. <laughs> nah, I, I know. When I was in that situation, I felt like I had to either figure it out and get it right on my own or go down with the ship. I really did. I, it, I don't know why I had such strong, strong loyalty to that sense of myself as an independent agent that either had to do it alone or, or would go down with the ship. But that changed. And what happened is my kids got through to me and I recognized that I needed help if I was going to live up to what they wanted me to be. And then gradually over time, I came to recognize that what they wanted for me was actually who and what I already always was. And all I had to do was be authentic, be myself. I jump in like that because we got the holidays coming up and a lot of people have a lot of uh, broken hearts around uh, bad experiences with drugs and alcohol, especially alcohol in the holidays. Uh, and uh, that it was actually during the holiday season in, in 2003 that I finally asked for help myself. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a real important part of my history for me. And and I asked for help right after the holidays in uh, in 1985. I think that kind of prehistoric. That's starting to make me feel old. I'm not, Patrick, I was five. Patrick, I was five years old. You were five years. Okay, I, I yeah. knew it would be like you know under ten, but okay, five years. Thanks, I, I appreciate that, Patrick. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but you know, it is. It's it's. We feel like we need to go down with the ship, and and we fulfill that prophecy. We do go we, down we with do, the ship. We do. We, it's we a go self-fulfilling prophecy. all the way down. We we sink, and you know, fortunately, what we, we get a life get a life vest thrown to us, or or and uh, 
you know, we find that life raft, and that's recovery, and, and we can start rebuilding from that. But I don't think the ship has to sink all the way. Um, Patrick, you've always said have a plan. Um, that's funny you said that because uh, you're talking about asking for help. I never asked for help. I never asked for it. I finally got surrounded by my friends. Like, you're going to rehab. We don't know what to do with you. You're scaring us. And finally, I was like, okay, you know, I'll go. I give up. At that point, I accepted help. I was very acceptful of it, but I was still too stubborn. So when 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 you said I give up, what did you mean at the time? That I was bankrupt in the idea department. I didn't have any more ideas. I was out of ideas. I had. Like I knew I had a drinking problem. It was very evident. And I had tried every different method I could think of to never to stop, but to control my drink. To control. Absolutely. To, to drink less or to only drink at certain times or on certain occasions. And nothing ever worked. And I believe part of that was due to a, a high level of success I had in other areas of my life. I think the kind of the more success that you have and better you are at certain things, it's, it's really hard to just admit utter defeat. Um, so it took me, it took my friends throwing in the towel for you. It's like when you're fighting in the octagon and you're just getting whooped and finally your coach throws in the towel. And that's, that's what, a good analogy. That's what had to yeah. be done for me. My There's friends. a lot of very successful people and, uh, probably some listening, but you know, I'm not going to drink today and by four o'clock you're loaded. Um, I'm not going to drink until Friday and, and on Wednesday you've started again and, you know, all of the relationship problems, the legal problems, the yeah. but you know, everything. Chris uh, Gates says something really wise on this matter. And he, he says that the discovery that you have a problem with alcohol may not be from the fact that you can never control your drinking. It may be from the fact that you can't always control your drinking. And that, that really rang true for me because 90% of the time I could drink like a gentleman, but not always, yeah. not always. And that 10% caused a lot of pain. And, and I and, was 100%. Know. Well, So yeah. <laughs> it's, a different, it's a different scale. It really is. Well, and, 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 and the yeah. disease of addiction does occur on a spectrum. Absolutely. It, from mild to moderate to severe, there's no question about that. Well, and, and if anyone wants to join us today, I forgot to give that number, 512-836-0590. Uh, again, 512-836-0590. And, you know, uh, again, we just kind of loosely talking about some different topics today, and and maybe maybe when to get help is there. I mean, Patrick jogged my memory. I I actually had no idea I was an addict, none, until my brother threw me out of the car basically in front of a detox center and said, "You need to go in there." And and I said, "I'm not going in there." And he said, "Fine," and drove off. And I, I couldn't believe he did that. Good brother. But it was a day like today, and I was cold. Cold and wet. <laughs> so uh-huh. I went in. And, you know, that started, uh, I think, a lot of addicts who have hit that very bottom. Whatever that bottom looks like for someone, I think when you've hit that bottom, you're ready for help. And, you know, Patrick, earlier you were talking about maybe, uh, you know, doing it for someone else. I, yeah, that was a big piece of what I had seen. I visited a lot of treatment centers, and 
I see a common common trend amongst the residents that are at the treatment centers, and it seems to be a 30-30-30-10 split. 30% are there because their mom and dad drug them there. You know, you found a joint in little Billy's drawer or whatever the reason is, and they or it could be way worse. It could be, you know, very obvious, and the parents drag them there, and they're fighting it. They don't think they have a problem. They're angry at their parents. They think they're being punished. That's one group. Another group is there because they've been court-ordered to be there. You get enough DWIs or enough possession charges, you're either going to go to jail or you're going to rehab with, with some probation. And a lot of times people are like, well, I'd much rather go to rehab. Uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. and Food's it, better. <laughs> <laughs> and then last, uh, the, that third group is what I see the most of. And I experienced this myself. What I see the most of is a group of people that are there because they're trying to get their wife off their back, get their husband off their back, get their parents off their back, get the boss or the kids off their back. They think if I go to rehab, they'll leave me alone. Um, and that leaves the final smallest group that's in there. And those are the people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, and really when I used to work at an all men's 12 step treatment center, um, all you really got to do is stay out of their way. They're going to get it. Give the guidance. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe we're already coming up on a first break. We, uh, also have a couple of phone calls holding that we're going to get to here in just a minute. So sit tight if you're on hold. And uh, we'll be back with you right after this break. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Monday at 6 p.m. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers. And welcome back to the Recovery Hour. If you want to join our conversation, 512 836 0590. Dr. Kirby Stewart's here. Patrick Hensley is here from Hensley House Sober Living and, and also not a glum lot. And we'll we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Jason's holding on here. I'm going to grab this. And uh, hey, Jason, you're on the air with uh, Dr. Kirby and myself and Patrick. How can we help? Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Good. So I just kind of wanted to weigh in. I mean, I've gone through all the different steps of addiction, all the different phases, uh, and... It finally took everyone else, including the state, to tell me that I was ready to quit. And finally, when the state told me that, uh, I took heed to their advice. But uh, I appreciate y'all show, and I appreciate what y'all are telling everybody. I want everyone to know that there is a better life out there. Don't don't give up. We do recover. Absolutely. Well, Jason, yes, what sir. what was the key moment for you when uh, did you have a moment where you could say that you woke up or you have a spiritual awakening of some kind or another? I've always been connected spiritually with my higher power, but I think when I woke up is when they told me I had to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. So, That's a pretty good motivator, yeah. Jason. Hey, we sure appreciate the call, sir. And uh, you yeah. hang in there. We we do appreciate the call and the support. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Thank you, Jason. I'm, I'm doing the work. Thank y'all. All God right. bless, brother. Uh, you know that's the that's the one of going going to treatment for other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, a lot of times that sticks. I know a lot of guys uh, that got sober in jail. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people get sober in jail. Yep. And you don't have to, but <clears throat> I guess I guess if you. If you let it go to that point, and, you know, that, that's one of the things we talk about on the show is, is do you have to go there? Do you have to be ordered by a judge? And I always kind of use the analogy, 
why why do we do that to ourselves as addicts? And and Dr. Stewart, I'm sure you've got the answer. And, and, <laughs> but if well, I if I have a spot on my hand or a spot on my arm and it it looks cancerous, man. If, if even if it's stage one, I'm going to go kick the door down of the best oncologist I can find and scream, "Treat me! My life is in danger. Save save me!" Yeah. But yet I can get through two DWIs, two marriages, and and everything else, and I'm still in denial. I'm still saying, you know, I don't have a problem because I'm I don't know. I'm not homeless, or I I haven't hit this, or I don't look like that guy on the street. But I'm I'm obviously in the throes of addiction. Well, and the, and we the, don't. Yeah. The, the difference is that that possibly cancerous lesion on your hand isn't activating your reward system whenever you look at it. It's not giving you a a misguided sense of value and pleasure in your life Bingo. the way consuming a, 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 an intoxicant does. See, I knew you would have the answer yeah. to that. Bingo. And the other thing <laughs> that when, when we consume a substance that activates that feeling of reward, or if you will, in plain English, gives us a buzz or a high, that at the same time it's doing that, it's also... Uh, Laying down neurons, I'll call them the neurons of denial. I'm going to call it a functional system in the mind that says this is not a problem, that says this is a good thing. And so then we start organizing our thinking around protecting that behavior and being in denial of the negative consequences associated with that behavior so that the denial comes with the addiction. Does that make sense, Patrick? Sure. Uh, what the amazing things we can rationalize and justify? Absolutely you, amazing. Yeah. Anyone else looks at you and like, did you hear what you just said? <laughs> it's like, but I'm I'm only going to drink and on the mornings. I'm only going to drink in the mornings. <laughs> and everybody around you is like, and you think that's a good idea, and you're convinced it's the best idea ever I've ever come up with. It's yeah. just going to be in the mornings and. And then only on uh, weekends, of course, but uh, on, only on mornings and then uh, a couple of drinks when I get home from work. And you, you just rationalize and justified yourself into drinking, finding some legit way to drink all day, every day. And it just yeah. sounds like the most perfect plan in the world to you. And everybody else looking at you is like, that guy has lost it. It always <laughs> seems like we're the last to know that uh, that, that we, we have this amazing it's, it's, problem it, it, that it's, the denial blinds us everything. to the consequences yeah we've got a uh, kathleen on hold here i'm gonna i'm gonna grab this as well kathleen you're on the air with uh mark and uh, of course dr kirby and uh patrick hensley how can we help today hi gentlemen uh i enjoy this show um i've been sober nine months sorry i, nice. I get a little emotional Congratulations. Uh, That's awesome. Thank you. And I feel great. And life is good. And it's been so long since I've said, I'm doing great. And I say, I'm doing great now. I mean, no, nothing's perfect. But I really hit my bottom. I mean, I've, in my drinking career, as they say, <laughs> AA, uh, you know, I have quit for years at times. I go back. 
you know, I thought I hit bottom, but this time I really did. When I've been lying on the floor for three days, my husband can't help me get up because of his bad back. And I'm lying there, and it's cold, and my head is in the dog's bed, and I'm covered up with a blanket. And finally, he had to call EMS to get me up because my legs just weren't working. And, you know, I just, I couldn't get up. Wow. And uh, so, anyway, I don't know. I just feel so grateful, and I was listening to a song yesterday by Matthew West. I don't know if you know him, but it's called Grace Wins, and I just started sobbing because that was just my theme song. I mean, it's like, you know, he talks about how God's looking at me, and, and, you know, I think in disgrace, and I'm ashamed, and... You know, and then there's all these whispers in my ears saying, yeah, well, you're on your own now, and uh, you've really done it this time. But, you know, no, he he saved me, and uh, I'm just grateful. And my husband, of course, he had been drinking, too. He would say, you're just a drunk. You'll always be a drunk. You'll die a drunk. And I knew I didn't argue with him. I but I knew I would quit drinking. But I always have to have a plan, you know. And I have to have know a certain day. Okay, this is the day I'm going to stop. I mean, and God blessed me because I mean I was drinking twenty four seven wine and uh, just you know I was pitiful, and so. He helped me when, I mean, I didn't have any shakes or anything because even before when I wasn't getting wine, I was just begging my husband, please go get me some. And, you know, I'd start shaking and all that. But when I said, okay, this day I'm quitting, I mean, I don't want to say it's a breeze, but he, God took away that desire Kathleen, in me. I prayed for that every Kathleen, day. Could I ask you, Kathleen, how, how did it feel when the desire left? Great. Yeah, and awesome. so now you're able to say that you feel great and you're honestly uh, able to present yourself to people as somebody who's sober with no shame. Is that yes. what we're hearing you say? Yeah. Yes, yes. That's great. I mean, and, uh, oh, you know, sometimes you have to listen to, and I have done this in the past, you listen to how many people have told you, you got a drinking problem. You really need to do something about that. What would you and say I'll, to somebody nowadays, Kathleen, if you have a friend, uh, do you, or maybe you do have friends who, who you think maybe have a problem but don't don't know it? What, what, um, would, you, what would you advise our listening audience? Uh, how can they reach out to somebody who's in the situation you were in, or maybe not as severe? You, I would say, um, well, you do take it one step at a time, and and I would say you have to decide on, a, for me it worked, a day, okay? Uh-huh. And mine's January 21st, all right, this Monday. I don't know why I always have to start on a Monday. And uh, you... And just pray, pray and pray, and, you know, 
have all the alcohol out of the house. I mean, my husband still drank, but he went out to the vehicle and drank and, um, yeah. and you just have to be patient with yeah, yourself. That's, that's so great. Kathleen. That is Thanks. great, Kathleen. Thanks we appreciate so you calling well and done checking on the nine in months. with us. Nine yeah. months. Yeah. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Just, just, yeah. just for today. Thank you for the call. Yes. Thank and you know, that is, uh, that's always awesome. great to hear when you've got somebody in the first year of recovery that is that enthusiastic about it that uh you know well, i promise those nine months those past nine months are probably harder than my last nine months I, but i i still remember those today <laughs> big big oh, reasons yeah. i still go into the rooms of you know the the rooms of recovery aa and and na very much a part of my life and very much a, a continuing part of my life I was struck by how she, you know, recognized the help that she got from her, her higher power, what what she called God. Have to have that Uh, spiritual grace. I think there's three of us in here right now that, that feel very close to that. We are coming up, it looks like on another break here. Uh, I think this one's going to be with the news. So we're going to be back here in a couple of minutes again for the break. 512-836-0590 if you want to call and join us. And uh, we'll be back here in just a few minutes. Like what you hear? Make sure you never miss a show every Monday at 6 p.m. Go to personalresponsibilityrecovery.com to learn more. Now, back to the Recovery Hour on News Radio KLBJ with Mark Myers. And welcome back to the Recovery Hour, of course, with our host, Dr. Kirby Stewart, special guest, uh, Patrick Hensley, Hensley Sober Living, and uh, and Not a Glum Lot. We need we need to talk about Not a Glum Lot in a little bit. Um, okay. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, again, if you're, if you're just joining us, Personal Responsibility Recovery, and uh, KLBJ also helps sponsor this show. Uh, it's to destigmatize addiction. It's to uh, personal responsibility. You know, we're a we're a small twelve bed residential treatment center. Uh, the show's not a hundred percent about us. We want to identify resources, give professional opinions, medical opinions. Uh, PersonalResponsibilityRecovery.com is a great place to start if you have a question, if you need resources. Uh, being a call in show, very few people call in and say, "Yeah, my life's burning down right now, and uh, I need help." Um, I I get that, but uh, do email us. Do do pick a place to start and uh, maybe start some of that research. And if there's questions, we can answer 512-836-0590. And you know, we were talking about the uh, talking at the break a little bit about you know it takes what it takes because the previous caller talked about having been in and out of recovery for a long time. And yeah, I know Dr. Stewart, you you know people who've who've tried multiple times. I know people who've tried multiple times. Patrick, you 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 were talking about your one of your one of the guys that you work with having never gone to rehab. Um, yeah, my longest running sponsee has never stepped foot in a rehab. He he, we met up in the rooms of AA and got together. We worked the steps together. We worked. He works a solid program, and he's still sober today. That's coming up seven years ago. And I know someone with thirty and thirty five, thirty eight years that did that. <laughs> you know, it it that well, my, is possible to do. I. Uh, Longest running sponsee is similar. It's been sixteen years now. That absolutely you've met him. He's you know he's a great guy. A great guys takes meetings out to people. Uh, sponsors a lot of guys. 
He never went to rehab. And you know, our show does not all about come to rehab, come to rehab. It's about get help. That's and right. that looks like uh, a little bit different for everybody, I think. Um, Patrick, your story is different than mine. Dr. Stewart, your story is different mm-hmm. than mine. But at some point, we all raised our hand and said, well, we either raised our hand or someone raised it for us <laughs> <laughs> or, or gave us a, an ultimatum on consequences that finally that consequence was going to be greater than the reward. Yeah. And we said, I'm done. And uh, that, was, uh, that was a long time ago for me. But, you know, it, it does. It takes what it takes. And, uh, you know, earlier we were, we were talking about uh, the actor that, that just passed away. Seven different rehabs. Or I'm sorry, uh, 14. 14 different rehabs. Now, that's not the, the unusual thing, but 60 attempts at detox. 60. 60. Yeah. I mean, that's, wow, you go to detox 60 times. You go to rehab 14 times, unlimited money, unlimited income. And, you know, it takes what it takes, though. And that's uh, the expense of that is is astronomical. But the last year or two of his life, the book that he wrote, the the help that he did, the guidance that he provided, he got to where he needed to be. He, he got the help he needed to be. It would appear so if you read his book. It's it's outstanding. It's very moving, heartwarming, and very informative. It is. Beautiful piece of work. And, of course, we're talking about Matthew Perry, uh, a beloved actor, great. I, I loved his sarcastic humor. I thought he was brilliant in that regard. Well, and a lot of addicts are... Similarly sarcastic. Similarly not, not, sarcastic. Not as good at, with comedy <laughs> as Matthew, but yeah. yeah. But, you know, just I, I guess I say that to say that so many addicts are just wonderful human beings when the, and the substance use, the substance disorder derails that. It, it derails the ability to be that wonderful person. And I think there's so many people out there who are just really great people but the substances take over and and that becomes such a almost a almost a, a separate person when we're under the influence hence the saying great guy terrible disease yeah 100 uh, yeah. percent the the terrible disease part of that the i think we build into so much of it with the guilt and the shame and uh, you know and then we get into a spot where we don't feel like we can ask for help we're ashamed to ask for help it just it is such a snowball with it. You were talking about the reward system and, you know, it, it brain actually in part of the disorder is telling us we don't have a problem. That's right. That's a, a, actually a cardinal symptom of the disorder is the claim that we don't have the disorder. <laughs> it's, it's the only disease that carries as a primary symptom the denial of its own existence. It's, it's uncanny how that kidnapping process takes place. And we understand the neurophysiology of it, and we understand the uh, psychology of it to large measure. But all of that understanding in the world doesn't, doesn't really matter until someone is able to uh, say, uh, okay, I'm ready for a change. And I, and I think so much of it, the people around you, 
that when you're in that denial, the frustration that they must feel. I mean, I, yeah. I you know, the, the spouse and, and Patrick, you talked about a group of friends that finally just said, hey, this is enough. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're scaring us. <laughs> that was their word. You're scaring us? Yeah, you're, you're scaring us. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and probably, probably a pretty accurate statement back yeah, then. Yeah, there, there wasn't anybody I knew at that time that I wasn't scaring Scared all my family, scared all my friends, and anybody I knew. They were really worried, <laughs> very worried. And it finally got to the point that they were worried enough that, like, we, we're, at, we're out of, we don't know what to do with you. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, sometimes when, when we have to go to that bottom, and I guess that's a part of what we try to address on the show is it doesn't have to get there. Yeah. It, uh, it, it doesn't have to hit that bottom. Yeah. There's help available. There is centers such as ours and you know we haven't even touched on you know things like like uh what's called a co-occurring disorder if i'm saying that correctly yeah, it, that so many times it's it's what do you call it dr kirby self-medicating disorders well yeah that you're reflecting upon the the fact that a large number of people who develop addiction do so as they're trying to address other mental health problems by using, uh, I think probably the most common example is the, the depressive who drinks alcohol. Of course, alcohol itself is a depressant, but it does provide a very temporary transient release from the depression that, and, and that enough so that people are inclined to drink repetitively seeking that relief. And then they develop an addiction and, and they're off to the races. Also a real common one is the one we see with uh, young males especially that have uh, mood instability. They oftentimes are diagnosed as bipolar and they, they're trying to treat their bipolar illness with, with both uh, pills and alcohol. Self-management doesn't usually work very well because uh, we're such mysteries to ourselves. Uh, and I know PTSD can also play a a huge role. It does. In it does. To, in fact, I actually that. think that addiction is kind of a subset of PTSD, that because trauma is so common in the lives of people who develop addiction, uh, that I, I think addiction is a, a a form or an expression, if you will, of PTSD. But that. That's a technicality. The point being that uh, to get well and enter into recovery is, a, is a, a blessed event. And I think sometimes in this radio show we might talk not enough about recovery and how joyous it is. And, and that I, I'm wanting to segue into hear what Patrick has to say about not a not glum, a glum lot. lot. I, <laughs> I'll know? tell you, I'm living my best life. We, I, I, yeah. I get to be, I get to play a radio host. And, uh, yeah, you, you, it's you've kind reached of fun. your pinnacle. I know, I, I, and I love it for you. All my <laughs> dreams have come true. I'm, I, yeah, <laughs> there we go. But, you know, we're, we're coming up on a break here in about a minute, and uh, I do want to talk a little bit about not a glum lot and also – you know, the, the steps that are taken, we talk a lot about you have to get help, you have to do this. Well, what then? What do you do? I mean, uh, a lifetime of drinking and using substances and, and changing the way you feel and 
you know, 28 days in a program, 60 days in a program, three months clean. What then? How do you re-enter if, if those? And I, Patrick, I think you've got a little bit of experience on that. I do. I, yeah. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's my wheelhouse. <laughs> that is your wheelhouse. Yes, and it is. Uh, it is a lot of a lot of fun. We've got about 20 seconds before our break here. I, I would not be true to myself if I didn't say, you know, let's uh, – Let's go Texas Rangers tonight. We hey, uh, we game. we need to get that done. We've got a big game coming up tonight. We're going to be back here in just a couple of minutes and wrap our show up after that. Providing professional opinions, resources, and guidance for addiction treatment every Monday from six to seven p.m. The Recovery Hour with Mark Myers. And welcome back to the Recovery Hour with uh, myself, Mark Myers, of course, Dr. Kirby Stewart, our special guest, Patrick Hensley. And uh, again, our, our number out here, if you want to join the conversation, 512-836-0590. Uh, Personal Responsibility Recovery brings a show to you each week. And, uh, you know, we want to destigmatize addiction. We want to talk about uh, substance use disorder. We want to provide the resources, both public and private, to... Uh, to, to help get on the other side of that, it's it's pretty brutal. And, you know, once we do get on the other side of it, though, one, one of our favorite guests here, and I think that's because Patrick's just a lot of fun, man. I've, I've been bird hunting with him. I'm about to go do a little deer hunting with him. Uh, it's, it's just... Well, that's why his friends wanted him to get sober. That's they, it. They, they, he's a fun guy. They wanted to keep him going. Well, it, you know, you know how to live. <laughs> and so many of us... Through addiction, we give up how to live. Our our addiction, our choices, everything, our life just becomes using. Yeah. And I think it's important we remember that. Wow, you know, we 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 used to have a really great life, and and we can do that again. It's neat. You guys are, are repeating how to live, how to live, because that's one of our mottos with Not a Glum Lot, is that there are some amazing, incredible uh, substance abuse treatment centers all over places doing just performing miracles. But what, what we like to say is there's a lot of places out there teaching uh, addicts and alcoholics how not to die. That's and, what we do. And what Not a Glum Lot does is we teach them how to live. Yeah. How to live. That's, yeah. that's where it's at. Like, you know, our, our, our mission itself states that the mission of, of Not a Glum Lot is to provide opportunities for growth to addicts and alcoholics who are new to recovery and to teach them that joy and happiness are possible in sobriety. That's the mission itself, and what it's based off of is, and it was my experience, and I've, I've talked to, right now, I'm probably at about 6,000 people that have attended all of our events, and I talked to most of them, and somewhere inside each and every one of them, there's this, it's a two-part feeling. One, they're excited and they're happy to be out of the, the cycle of addiction. You know, myself, my story, I was like, yay, I'm not going to die of cirrhosis. That's awesome. Absolutely. But then immediately the fear comes, and it's like, well... There goes anything fun because I've never gone to another football game because what's the point if I don't have a flask of whiskey in my boot? And, you know, there goes, does anyone play golf and not drink? Um, like yes. Fit, fishing? Forget it. <laughs> like, is it even legal to float the river without a beer in your hand? Like, I don't know. I'll call first. T- uh, turns out it is. Yeah. Can you ski without Jägermeister? <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> um, and so immediately all those thoughts hit, and, and I realized that it wasn't just me. There's a lot of people out there with that fear. And what we what we do, and I'm, I wasn't going to say what we try to do, what we are successful at doing is getting a hold of those folks early in recovery and taking them to go to football games, taking them to go play paintball and race go-karts and go to concerts. And what I like to say is 
when that event is over, sometimes they're aware of it, fully aware of it, very conscious of it, but sometimes it's subconscious. But at one point or another, on their drive home, when they when they leave the concert, when, when they're just packing up all the paintball stuff and leaving a paintball day or getting off of the river and, and headed home from the Guadalupe, they're thinking to themselves, wh- whether it be consciously or subconsciously, like, whoa, that was fun. That was a really good time, and I didn't have a drop. And I remember yeah. it. And and yeah. you know what? Maybe this is doable. Maybe exactly. I can do this. Um, and that that right there is our goal. When we hear somebody say that, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Yeah, like my soul smiles when when I hear that. And that's what we're doing. And we're creating a lot of those moments. And it is. Awesome. I'm a fun captain. Do you think you've reached the pinnacle? The pinnacle is being a fun captain. I, I want to be Patrick Hensley <laughs> when I grow up, e- even if you were five years yeah, old when and, I got clean, and, but that's and, okay. <laughs> and to the listening audience, you have to know Patrick to know that when he says he speaks to 6,000 people, he's not exaggerating. He's really not. <laughs> we had 3,143 participants last year at 93 events in 2022. And we're going to top that this year. Yeah. Which is just amazing. And we've been and, doing and it for multiple years now. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and that is, that's the goal, is to get, get on these folks as early as possible, as early as we can. We like to go to as many, get people from different sober living homes, because sober living homes are full of people new in recovery. And tell us a little bit about sober living. You have Hensley House Sober Living. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's sometimes when you've got that, that little window say you're you're just all the way down you've lost and and you've done the 28 days how do you re-enter re-enter society and and i think sober living is such an amazing way to to be part of that sure what, what i like to uh the, the picture that i like to paint is is showing that you know what it's really not that difficult to stay sober in rehab it's not. When you're in rehab, you're in a protected bubble. Most of the time, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we don't serve alcohol. Yeah, they don't. No, they we don't. Don't. <laughs> don't grow weed. You, it's you, can't, just, you yeah. can't door dash some, some no, pills. No, you can't. Like it just doesn't work. So you're, it's not that hard to be stay sober in rehab. It's really the protected bubble that you have around you and all the support that's around you. But, you know, gosh, what happens the day you leave? And that's what happened. That's where sober living comes in. And that with Hensley House and a lot of other good sober homes that I, that I know of and could list, what we try to do is to help teach these men and women. Um, Hensley House is a men's house, so I try to teach these men how to apply what they learned in rehab in their everyday life when they have bosses and deadlines and taxes and emails and meetings to go to and trying to relearn how to, how to enter the social world. I try to teach them how to apply those tools and techniques that they learned in rehab on a real um, daily basis whenever you're out of rehab, whenever the world comes at you with both barrels as as fast as it has ever come. Mm -hmm. And we try to integrate that in what's called a discharge plan that, that you have to have those tools. Rehab is about learning a lot of tools. It's about really understanding the tools that are needed. So we're living is applying them. And exactly. You, you show them how to Mm -hmm. use them in the real world and, uh, how to do that. We've got a call in real quick as we're wrapping up the show here that I want to, want to grab. Hi, Margaret. You're, uh, you're on the air with Mark and, uh, Dr. Kirby and Patrick Kinsley. And it says you have a question about video games. Yes. I wondered if there's anything similar I've heard your show for quite a while, uh, started when you were on Sunday, 
and very impressed with Thank you. so much that you say. And I've been involved in my lifetime with addiction with a husband. But um, what I'm wondering now is anything that's similar to this for video games for young men. Yeah, yes, ma'am, there is. And it's a relatively new. It's Omega. Omega Recovery. Omega Recovery. And uh, it's not our area of specialty and and margaret we're coming up on the end of the show so i'm going to uh disconnect our phone call or are you listening to where you can hear what we're saying i i went out of the room because oh that's okay let me just say it's omega recovery omega recovery they have a uh a technology addiction track technology and screen addiction and uh real successful they're in elgin is that right Oh uh, no, they're in Austin proper. I they're have their in phone Austin number proper. Here. Phone okay. number is five one two four five six nine three seven three. So Margaret Omega Wonderful. Recovery. And uh yes. if if you can't get hold of them, Google them, then then contact us at personalresponsibilityrecovery.com and we'll get that for you. Okay? That's wonderful. Thank, Thank you for you calling. Thank you very us. much. Okay. Thanks for calling. And as we kind of coming up here on the last minute or so, a couple of minutes of the show, it, it always seems to go so incredibly fast. Um, again, we've got to ask for help when we get to that point. Um, we know how to we know how to show people how not to die, as Patrick says. There's a lot of great treatment centers. It depends on which one's the best fit: private pay, insurance, public, private. There's so many resources out there. But you need to have a plan. And uh, and you may not need to go to residential treatment. You may not need you to may, go to residential treatment. The, the, the key, though, is, is that you reach out, find somebody who's in recovery, start there, and then work your way into finding out what you actually need. And if you raise your hand, you'll probably find that one in uh, about one in five people, maybe one in four people around you, know something about it. That's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Somebody you know knows somebody that is a Absolutely. I, yeah. I promise. And, uh, you know, they say there's one in every family, two in mine, actually. But uh, it, it is something that, uh, that you've got to start by asking for help. You've got to start at accepting. And, uh, or you've, you've got to start by someone giving you that ultimatum. But... Uh, we can definitely uh, provide resources for you. We can definitely, you know, at personalresponsibilityrecovery.com, send us an email, reach out. Kirby and I are always available. Dr. Stewart and myself always available. Our clinical director, Susan Turner, our medical director, William Loving. We've got a fabulous team over there, and we know a bunch of people like Patrick. Now, he's probably up there at the top of the list, but... <laughs> <laughs> we do know a lot of folks. Patrick, thank you for coming out here today. Notaglumlot.org, is that correct? Dot org, that's it. Dot uh, org. The, the website is wearenotglum.org. There we go. And we are out of time.